Okay, I'm going to pray. We're just going to get into it. Um, oh yes, but first, I just really want to thank all the volunteers yesterday that cleaning up and, and helping out the church. Thank you very much. Massive, massive. I was sort of like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you know how details my strength, you know, and I sort of like because there was a lot of uh, uh, moving parts anyway. So Holy Spirit, thank you. This is the day that you've made. We thank you that hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that hope does not disappoint. And we just thank you for such a realm of impartation. I just thank you that perfect love casts out all fear. We just thank you for a spirit of wisdom um, in your Word. We thank you for your goodness in Jesus' Name. Everybody said, Amen. Okay. So we've been talking about um, the ascension gifts and that uh, Jesus, uh, you know, He uh, led captivity captive, He gave gifts to men, but He ascended on high. And yes, we, uh, uh, um, the ascension gifts are to equip people into the will of God and so people grow up into the maturity of Christ. But there is a key ingredient. It's not just what we do, is where we do it from. And so we got a lot of Christians trying to do the Jesus stuff and forgetting that, 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 that like real estate, the kingdom is location, location, location. Is it's, it's, it's actually, you gotta do it in Him, in Him, through Him, for Him, unto Him. But that actually involves not just saying, yeah, here's a dogma, here's a creed. Is it, it's being in Christ actually affects where we actually are, okay? And that's called ascension. We see all through Scripture from the Song of Ascents to, to the Song of Songs where, where you've got a, an earthbound, too many earthbound believers wanting Jesus to come down and visit them. He says, no, 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 no. He says, I want you to come up here. My beloved, he skips on the tops of the, of the mountains and says, come up here. And she goes, look, I'm not, I'm not ready. And so, so, so when we understand the ascension mentality and it's not out there, because what happened is it says, don't, the Kingdom of Heaven doesn't come with observation for the Kingdom of Heaven is within you. So you've got to combine the reality of ascension with the reality is that Jesus lives in you, the hope of glory. So everything you think, say and do affects your ability to ascend. So, so, so much of it. And, and, and what's interesting, so with ascension, I just want to make one, something clear. Let's just say you got people, you go, uh, um, you know, I, I don't have a problem with, you know, like intercessors and prophetic groups, group ascension. Uh, uh, per se as, you know, I don't have a problem with that. But you don't just sit there and you don't just start, you don't sit there and you go either just, or start jumping or start flapping your arms. We talked about in the multiverse, in the quantum realm, in the physical world, is a thing called gravity. And we talked about, we talked about gravitational pull and so this is actually a real thing. And what I wanna do is I wanna establish uh, uh, um, some, some principles through the Word of God is that we don't have to work on ascension because ascension is there in Christ if we allow Him to do in us what He needs to do in us. Can someone say Amen? We don't have to like, mm, I've got to ascend. It doesn't work like that because it's an inward reality. And you could say, is the glory got stronger or have we ascended more? or someone got more anointed, or they've gone from glory to glory, or it says, you have come to Mount Zion, the city, uh, uh, the, the, uh, um, the, uh, you've come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, full of innumerable company of angels. So hang on, but did I get more anointed or in the Spirit, am I in a higher place in Zion? The answer is yes. Because we're in at least two places at once. It says that we are seated in heavenly places uh, already. 
And that's what's so exciting. We get to discover what already is. You see those movies like, uh, I mean, I'd nerd out on a certain genre of movie and that's actually uncovering puzzles. And there's one that probably is full of bad acting and it's really corny and it's improbable, but it's called National Treasure. <laughs> Who knows what I'm talking about? Yeah, I love that sort of stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a breadcrumb trail of discovery. And, and so I love that sort of genre. But what happens is it's a type of our life, it's sort of like, you know, trying to serve the Lord here and be a Christian, you know, like you're boring. What happens is that we get to allow Him to lead us into the destiny of what already is. And that includes ascension. It's very, very important because, you know, Isaiah, uh, you know, he found himself in that place. I saw the Lord His train filled the temple, train of His road filled the temple. And I'm like, <laughs> sorry. And uh, <laughs> His train <laughs> and the glory train. And, uh, and so he, he came in a place of ascension and that's what God does with His prophets. He says, come up here and I must show you the things that must shortly take place. So we have to have that ascension mentality, right? And the fact that it's in Christ, but not just that, the, 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 the force of gravity, it actually, it actually pulls mass towards itself. And we also established that um, Affection and desire create a gravitational pull. We end up getting, getting pulled towards what we uh, have affection for. That's why it says in Colossians chapter three, set your affection on things above. Because we start to tap into that ascension reality. It's not a striving thing. What happens, the nuanced reality in Hebrews 4 says, be diligent to enter His rest. When you're, when you're in a gravitational pull, all of a sudden it's sort of like, uh, Rachel and I went to uh, Fraser Island once. We had a wonderful time, didn't we, darling? You'd love the four-wheel driving all through the sand dunes. Never got car sick. We never got bogged. Uh, what else? Actually, we didn't get bogged, but a tree did fall down. Um, but then after all that stress, there was this the freshwater spring and it was a case where all you had to do was lie in it and it would just take you, that would just take you to the coast. And I had to pull her out before she got to the coast, no. And, and so there's, there's something like gravity, is you, there's a, you, you, you've, there gets to a point where you hit critical mass in that sort of sense of attraction where the Lord actually takes over. Who wants that, seriously? Because we have to be diligent to enter that rest. So what, uh, um, so I was saying to Courtney before, um, uh, and the sound uh, room basically is this, is that I'll get in my spirit a series and I only get the first message. And then uh, the, the subsequent messages actually fit and I'm, I actually get quite surprised. Like, ooh, see, I just feel like a postman. And occasionally I get to look in the mail going, oh, I know that's illegal, but I, but I go, look at this, and I get surprised. So this morning I'm just... Uh, 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 we had a big day yesterday and it's been a massive week actually. And I, I, I'm just like, I said, Lord, what do you wanna speak about ascension that follows on from last week? Given we're talking about gravity last week and affection. He says, I want you to date, well, the Lord wants to speak about King David and what King David, why he was so unique um, and that what, what he achieved. I mean, you know, I believe statistically is that if you would get everywhere in the Bible, other than the, 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 obviously the Lord is the most mentioned in the Bible out of anybody, right? He wrote it, you know, like points to Him, you know what I mean? And so, but in regards to uh, uh, um, Homo sapiens, is basically is that if you were to get everything written about Moses, 
Elijah and Abraham and clump them together, it still would be nowhere near as much as the volume written about David and all of the Scripture. What is it about David? David was, was completely unique. He did, you know, I like, he's coming against Goliath and he goes, listen, kill the bear, kill the lion. Now I've seen a lot of YouTube. I don't know what would be worse. I think a bear would be worse because they don't choke you out. They just start eating. You're like, no, 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 no. You know, they're like an overweight hyena with, 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 with you know, Freddy Krueger at the end of a glove, you know. And so, and so, sorry, too graphic, okay. And, and so you know, you got, at least the lion has, he will asphyxiate you, you know. And so he goes, I killed the bear. And I'm going, I think it should be the killed the lion. They're in the bed. And, and lions can't, they're not good at standing up. Anyway, so um, basically, and this is, now I'll take care of you. And I've just, I've heard so many teachings on this because there's something powerful about progressive breakthrough, progressive growth, building muscle. There was something very, very important about that. Everyone wants to go from zero to hero, but God trains His champions in private. If you're not prepared to do the work away from prying eyes, don't worry about it. He trains us in private. We have to overcome in the mundane, in serving, in persistence. In, well, that's where you form your character. You don't form it in the public arena. Jesus said, go into the secret place, the prayer closet, and then you'll be rewarded openly. People just wanna be rewarded openly. So David cultivated intimacy with God. We know he was a musician, he was a worship leader. So, so this, that was the foundation. That was the foundation before he was ever a warrior, actually. Um, and so... Also too, oh my goodness, he, he, he overcame the fear of death. You go, how? You have a look at <laughs> that, 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 that when God, so we've been teaching in the internship about covenants and God offered a covenant to Israel that He offered to Abraham. And it says, I will initiate it. I'll underwrite it. I, I, and, and you just have to receive it by faith. And they said, no. We don't wanna be a nation of priests. Moses, you go and get the rules and we're gonna go for a lower level covenant. The covenant where we'll keep our end of the bargain and if we don't, we'll get judged. And that was, the, that was it's impossible for God to lie. So God was, His hand was forced to go into a covenant. He knew Israel couldn't keep, but that's what Israel wanted. And then you have the incredible like, I tell you, you go, what is the most terrifying thing in the multiverse, it is not hell. So I believe in hell, I believe in the lake of fire. If you have not given your life to Jesus, it says no one can get to the Father except through Him, okay? I believe in the lake of fire, I believe in hell. I think way worse, way worse that anything could ever happen to someone is this, is going before the holy loving God of the universe standing in your own righteousness. Way more terrifying. Way more terrifying. I don't think we understand it. I had, I think you know the story is that I had a, 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 a young man in one of my home groups, my goodness, like 30 years ago, and he died and he wasn't in the Lord. His mother was an intercessor, but he went before the Lord and he just, he says, I can't. He just, he just starts crying as he's talk, telling the story. And then, he, and then he heard the father say, I cannot receive you because you have not received my son. And he talked about the awesomeness of heaven, but then he just goes down like this. And then he's in a place where he just said the panic, I can't describe it. And then he was back in his body and he'd broken his back and the ambos got him in there, he was in a motorcycle accident. And 
He was so freaked out of his encounter. I used to like now, there are things, now back in the day, now this is gonna date me, a lot of things do, is that there used to be these things called comics. Who remembers comics? And when, what was a common, uh, 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 what was a common physical reaction to someone seeing a ghost or something scary in a comic, besides the colour of their underwear changing, what, was, what would be a common physical reaction? Their hair would stand up. Someone's, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, do you know what you go, that's gotta come from somewhere, right? Is this kid, well, he doesn't, I don't, he, you know, probably not watching, but it, it not matters. His name was Martin, or name is Martin, right, okay? And he had longish hair. This encounter came out, his hair was like this. He looked like Billy Idol, hadn't had a haircut for like, like, like this. And the, the nurses would come in and try and put water on it. It was sort of like, he was like, Yahoo, serious. He just like, like this. So what happens is obviously Jesus becomes our righteousness when we receive the, the free gift of salvation. And then we go in with the right, the, the, the garments of, uh, uh, the, the uh, um, gown of salvation, garments of uh, righteousness, okay? And we go in and we're clothed. But I'll tell you what, when that covenant was being established on the earth with Moses, wow. I mean, it actually, <laughs> it actually, because the high priest would go in once a year into the Holy of Holies to, to do the blood sacrifice, put it on the, uh, uh, on the mercy seat. And, and what would happen is they had a, actually had a rope around their, their, uh, their leg. So all of a sudden, because they could feel, you know, now I'm not into fishing, but you, there's a thing called tension on the fishing line. Okay, and so would have gone, tension on the fishing line. Yep, yep, high priest, he's good. Yep, yep, hasn't been in hidden sin this year. He's good. Oh, boom. oh what's going on? Hang on. Like this, is that literally they, had, they would pull them out of the Holy of Holies if they hadn't like, uh, uh, whatever. They'd be going to, to God in their own righteousness per se. Okay, I, I know there's, there's more technicalities around that. And there was one, one time where it's said that two priests offered up strange fire. So some people go, what is strange fire? It could be a bunch of things. You know, they might have, you know, got stuck into the holy wine on the altar. And all of a sudden, we're gonna go into the glory now. <laughs> like this, fire came up. <laughs> and guess what? Is that next in line with their sons. <laughs> and they're like, we're not going in there. Seriously. And one of those sons actually became one of the most outstanding priests because of the fear of the Lord was his foundation. So you've got... <coughs> You've got this incredible awesomeness of an infinite God reducing Himself to a physical plane, not reducing, but manifesting. I mean, it's incredible, the, the, the glory of God. You know that the angels, when they keep saying holy, it's not because they can't run, they run out of things to say. It's because they're seeing into something and that's the only word that comes close to describing the infinite dimensions of the, of the multiverse, of the goodness and the love of God. But there is also the holiness of God. There is the fear of the Lord. So here's the deal, is that is it, 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 <laughs> you've got like the Philistines were always tormenting Israel around the time of David, or especially around the time of Saul. And so then they recover the ark and then, then they, they had the protocols of bringing it back, but it actually like it, the, the, it, it actually wobbled a bit on the way back and someone just steadied it and they got struck down. We're talking like you, you, you're, you're going in uncharted waters. This God of love, and yet, you know, you, 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 because I think the Ananias, Ananias Sapphira realm, putting your hand on the ark realm is a location of reality in the spirit. 
It's one thing to, to read and go, well, that's a bit rough. What if you were in the very presence, the very manifest presence of God? Would you be going, that's a bit rough, that's a bit judgy? Because we don't understand that whole dimension. Now, here's the deal, is that they bring it back and David's like, and you're going, so, so David's like, we should put it back in Moses' tabernacle. You know what happens? Is that he, he wasn't rolling the dice. He wasn't like sitting there playing two up. 50% chance I'm gonna get struck down. He establishes his own tabernacle in Jerusalem with the Ark of the Covenant available to all. They had initial blood sacrifice, but it was 24 seven worship. How did he overcome that, that, that fear, that raw awe, that, that awesome, that sense of awe of the Lord that was so strong in Moses' time. I mean, Moses would hang out with God, he'd come back and he's, he's like one of those glow sticks, you know? Can you imagine one of them come up to you going, ah, you know, like, just veil, that'll be good. Oh, can you imagine everyone walks past Moses like they're walking past an x-ray machine? Moses, you know? <laughs> and you just don't know, like it's, it's uncharted territory. So, so David overcame that, and not only that, and, and, and established the tabernacle of David, really, really big deal. And uh, he changed time. So under Saul is that, is that the Philistines were tormenting Israel, tormenting, pursuing, they were a thorn in the side. But is, uh, David was able to, to through a, a military conquest, a heart after the Lord, uh, uh, continual worship, turn that all around. We think about how the kingdom got turned around. They had continual worship, big key, big key. So then he, he took a tormented, pursued, weakened nation and he was able to see such transformation in 30 odd years to hand it over to his son, or 40 odd years, to hand it to his son Solomon in way better shape. To a kingdom, to a kingdom that transcended all the problems. You don't see anyone casting out devils in the Old Testament, yet he did through worship. So there's something about David mentioned more than anyone, other than the Lord mentioned more than anyone else in the Bible. Not only that, is that his tabernacle needs to be resurrected for the ingathering of the Gentiles. Key. So it's open heavens, opening portals, shutting down demonic portals. But not just that, I look at uh, um, Abraham. He got the ball rolling, amazing. I look at Moses, man, four year, uh, 40 years of Bible college in the desert. 40 years, as you say, it was a very daggy job, right? And just like it took 40 years to get the Moses out of Moses. And then like he talked to God face to face like a man would speak to his friends. Go, what a big deal. Go, Elijah, Elijah, now you're starting to see raw power mixed with a prophetic word. You start to see the marriage of those two. But you know what? In eternity, Jesus will never be the son of Moses, the son of Abraham or the son of Elijah. Jesus will always be the son of David. Jesus will always be Hosanna, the son of David. So we need to know how this is connected how this is connected to uh, uh, ascension and how it relates to us today. So firstly, the first question is, well, why? It's really quite clear. We're gonna go into God's value system as opposed to our value system. Let's put up first Samuel 16, seven. And it says, but the Lord said to Samuel, and they were looking about anointing the king and he looked at all these handsome Fabio types. That's a, that's a dated analogy too. Most people go, Fabio, yuck. Anyway, so ugh. So uh, 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 a few go, no, no, they're still good. Um, 
And so, but, but, but he was look, looking at all these handsome model types and obviously David was the youngest and he was out actually working. The other ones were just sort of strutting around, sort of like, you know. And so, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't look at the appearance of the person you're going to anoint or at his physical stature because I've refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And that's a very, very important reality of ascension because what happens is God works from the inside out. And we go, yeah, the heart, you know, you can hide the heart. You can, people can fake what's on the inside of them. <laughs> they change their appearance. They change their words a bit. But God goes, I just see right in there, mate. He knows exactly what we think before we think it. He knows every thought you've ever thunk. He knows, what, he knows every thought before you've thought it. And what happens, all of a sudden it's like, huh, it's like, Everything you do of significant, no, no, actually everything you do is before an audience of one, okay? When you're young, it's an audience of three, that's God and mum and dad, okay? But after that, it's, a, it, it's, it's, it's a, 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 always before the Lord. It says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking whose heart is loyal to Him, that He may show Himself strong on their behalf. On their behalf. So God's eyes, that's why the, 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 you've got so many, these crazy creatures these beings, they got, they got eyes all around and within. They got, they got eyes all underneath their, their, their person, their wings. Because he's, God, he, he is, he is, he is, I am the Lord who sees. So, so God actually looks at the heart and it's what's happening in the heart that He values. And so we see here in Acts chapter 13, verse 22, okay, is this. It said, um, when God had removed Saul, He raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. Okay. So again, I think it's lovely to have, I, I do think if you're, if you're building, if you're conscious of building, why should you be conscious of building? Because it says in, in 1 Corinthians, we're all gonna stand before the Lord to see how we've built one day. Sin has been judged. Can someone say amen? Your sin's been judged. Can someone say amen? That's a good thing. Amen. I don't think we get it yet. Your sin's been judged. Amen. All right. You'd be going, amen. You know, you should be going bananas like, you know, you know Southern Baptists going, you know, dancing around. Anyway, your sin's been judged. And then what happened? There we go. Well, someone got saved. Praise the Lord. Glory. Anyway. So then what happens, we're talking the, 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 the fire of His love, the scrutiny to see if we've built in Him. So we have to build wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, precious stones and, and whatever remains you receive a reward. So, that, so we have to be very, very aware of how we built. And, and we need to know what actually is important. So for us, we go, okay, and then now, now, again, theology, all that sort of stuff, great. But really, God looks at the heart. If your theology hasn't got in your heart yet, it's, it's worth this much. If your theology is not in your heart, if it's in your head, it's worth that much. Now, by the way, that wasn't a love heart. For those who sort of like, there's a bit of a drop in the middle. Your theology means nothing unless it's in your heart. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So you can have all the correct believing per se, right? And, and so it really, really doesn't matter. 
What God looks at is how you're building, what you're carrying, but we look at what's important to us. And you get people who are so, and and I, I do understand, listen, listen, I'm now going to describe an appeal to the human nature. We have felt need. We need answers to prayer and breakthrough. All these different things. People need to get healed. People need financial stability. They need favour. All those felt needs are legitimate, but they're not the top of God's list. The top of God's list is your affection. And we just go, yeah, 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 okay, mm -hmm, great. But but this is what, this is the heart of man goes, okay. All right, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. Yeah, 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 you want my affection, right, right. But Lord, why don't you fix these ones up first and then you'll get even more of my affection. (laughs) You know, heart of man is deceitfully wicked above all things who can know it. So anyway, and so we have this conflict. You know, I understand the whole Jesus is the centre of my life. It's a great song, I love that one. But it's almost like, you know, Jesus is in the centre of the mantelpiece. On the left, we have golf. Over here, we have fine food. Uh, we have travel and all that, but Jesus is the centre of it all, you know. And that's fine. It's a great song. We'll probably sing it one day just to, you know, so you get healed. Anyway, so. <coughs> um, <laughs> and, and, and the primary is it's what God requires. It's, it, we're talking about our affection, to desire Him. And so I want to say something here is that... Uh, I was, oh gosh, I can't remember, it would have been, I like to be able to track it in time-wise, I would say, oh, about eight years ago. La-di-da-di-da, I'm at my old house, la-di-da-di-da, and the Word of the Lord comes to me. Now, now when God speaks to me, even if it's a bit of a, bit of a, I don't feel bad. See, sometimes when the truth, see, mercy and truth, what happens, stuff, it, it, it aligns you up. And I'm lum da dum da dum da dum da dum And the Lord just said to me one day, and, and it, there was no condemnation, okay? This is, I'm not, you're not looking at an orphan spirit person here, okay? And the Lord goes, He said, Todd, you are an idol worshipper from a long line of idol worshippers. <laughs> and it's like, Lord, I resemble that. Anyway, so, <coughs> so, <laughs> And he started to show me is that idols actually block the flow of God's love and His gravitational pull. All through Scripture, no matter how much more modern we are than back in the day, before you like, you know, just carved images, how dumb must you be, right? But you know, you, you go a lot of, you go to temples around the world and you go, What's that hole in the back? Oh, that's for the spirit to go in. They're literally interfacing with the spirit realm. So we just so so so, so the Lord said, He said, You have affection, manifest affection and priorities over me. That's what he said to me. You guys are fine, okay? <coughs> he did. And I'll just sort of like going, Whew, I better remedy that. <laughs> it's true. You've got to be okay with that. Because it's the truth. And if God speaks it, it's never bad. Can someone say, amen, I've got to deal with some stuff, okay? And I sort of like, Lord, are you saying I can be, tend, tend to be impulsive? And then he just went quiet, no. And so, so this is, <sighs> okay, all right. What's one thing got to do with another? All right. I believe in the multiverse, in the spirit realm, the ether, whatever you want to, however you want to call it, 
is this, the greatest gravitational pull is heaven, is the throne, is the love of God. I believe that. You go, well, how come there's so much idolatry? Let me explain. This is where it gets crazy. You're made in the image of God. Regardless of how you feel now or what you're gonna do in eternity, you're designed to create. You're designed to create, not just govern, not just rule with a rod of iron over the nations. You are a co- you will be a co-creator with the Lord. Can someone say amen? And part of that is our ability to magnify or diminish. So what happens is this is where it gets crazy. We talked about black holes last week when things are and such strong gravity, such a strong gravitational force that not even light can escape. That's one of the biggest, biggest problems with narcissism is it's a black hole that disappears in on itself, okay? And so, so you've got this, the most incredible gravitational force in the spirit world is, the, is actually the love of God. But we're co-creators and what an idol does is we actually go, nah, we might be ignorant or we've rejected it. We don't know, it's different for everyone. And then we start to lay a hold of something and we magnify something that's trying to kill us. I mean, Jesus, the Son of God, walks into the synagogue at the beginning of His ministry and everyone's just standing there going, Joseph's son, no worries. Cool. Oh, he's gonna get up and read the scroll. Okay. Yeah, I, knew, I know what happened before they went down to Egypt, you know. And anyway, and so what happened is they didn't recognise him. You know, that, that was, they had such an amazing welcoming party, they actually decided to lift him up <laughs> and throw him off the edge of the cliff, okay? But you know, he dematerialised, went through in the midst of them. But you know what, the demon, the demon, not the heart of man, the demon goes, I know who you are. You are the Holy One, the Son of God. You've come here to, to torment us before the time. And Jesus goes, shut up. The heart of man couldn't pick it up. I don't think we understand the idolatry is a covenant with death and darkness. This is, this is what it is. We're not talking about your theology. What makes you tick? Where's your affection? Huh. And this is, what, and this is what the Lord's speaking about. You know, you go, I don't have enough faith. No, no, no. It says in Galatians 5, 6, it says faith is energised or empowered by love. That's it. You don't, can't work out faith. The more you lean into God's gravitational force, you don't have to learn to fly. It just starts to pull you up. We just can't be weighed down with idolatry. You've got this amazing book, First John, and talks about this, God is love. And uh, you know, he does not love, and he, he does not love, does not know God, for God is love. And it talks about all sorts of incredible things. Right at the very end, he goes, my little children, keep yourself from idols. Very last verse. Because your power to create, you can actually go into covenant and create a gravitational pull with fear, anxiety, uncleanness, any sort of like weird, crazy stuff. But don't think it just happens. Their gravity is real, it's a force. 
to the point where people sort of, they try and copyright spiritual laws and write books like the, like the, um, uh, the Law of Attraction or The Secret or whatever it is. is a, there's a reality to this stuff. And God says, if you want to understand ascension, we need to understand this. You don't try and fly. You don't try and flap your wings. We actually have to become untethered from a lower frequency of darkness through choice and repentance and renewing our mind and lean into what is, that is the greatest force in the universe, the metaverse, the multiverse, and that is the love of God. Can someone say Amen? And this is why David was such a standout. I believe David tapped into the gravitational pull of God's love. He was a worshipper and cultivated intimacy. And so you could say he ascended. Oh, I don't know, Old Testament, uh, Enoch. Enoch. Now, Enoch was a worshipper. He was a dream interpreter, right? And he was, and, and, you know, he was until he was not. And so, and so you have here, David tapped into something. Incredible, through cultivating worship and love and affection. And you, I think that, that so, so, so this is really important. So Peter is in the boat, sees Jesus. And you know, Peter's like, if that is you, Lord, bid thee to come to thou. So he says, call me out. And Jesus says, come. You know what happened? What you see there now, so Pete, the, 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 the law of physics, the actual physical gravity and fear was stronger than the logos and the love of God. You go, hey, are you saying that if we tap into a dimension of ascension, we overcome physical laws? It's a fact. Jesus was walking on water. It says the last thing to be defeated is death. The biggest thing that people have is the fear of death. The biggest thing. Close second is public speaking. <laughs> and if that's you, come up and tell us all about it. <laughs> so I've, I've died a thousand deaths, I really have. So it actually says in Song of Songs 8, 6, is, is, it says love is as strong as death. So here you got Peter, you know, walking out there like this and it didn't quite, he started to walk on water and he didn't. And then what happened, Jesus comes back from the dead and he says to Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these? He had to reestablish the connection because Peter denied him three times. Jesus asked for his love to be to confess or reaffirm three times to the point Peter was upset, but he'll never forget that lesson. But God was bringing him into a place of love where he could actually ascend. You don't think it was just a natural shadow that was touching all the, all the cripples and all the people needed healing. It was a glory cloud. He was in an ascended place, but it was through love. Can someone say amen? It's, it's, it's through love. And so, so, so I think, so, so Peter wasn't quite there and Jesus had to affirm that. But I think David was there. I think David saw too much. Can we put this up? This is so good. Psalm 27, very similar to Psalm 91. I think, David saw, I think David saw something he can't unsee. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord. I mean, we're not just sort of like the Lord has a nice form. We're, we're, talking, we're talking, Paul saw it 
as recorded in 2 Corinthians, he says, I can't even tell you what I saw. Words that are unlawful to utter. David saw the beauty of the Lord and not just that, it created a gravitational force over David. You, you, you read those, those, those conquests, those military conquests. It wasn't just sort of like great strategy. You look at some of those people killed 300. One person killed 300 people. That, that's a people just off of David's overflow. You read that, those mighty men of valour, they were more connected to the love of God and the beauty of God than dying in battle. <laughs> I mean, you know you have to overcome something when your name is Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite. <laughs> All the bullying you got. The son of Dodo. The Ahohites, <laughs> you know, ki- ki- killed a giant and a bear or a lion in a pit on a snowy day. And you know, one guy like, is he right? He, he, you know, one of them loved his lentils. Because he defended a lentil patch and his, his, his hand cleaved to his sword. They just got the overflow of what David had. And David goes to, one thing I desire, to seek the beauty of the Lord. And you're like this and you're going, oh my gosh, death is nothing. I don't believe these, these men or women of God, when they were martyred, I don't believe they were crying and screaming. They're going, make it quick. Because they saw too much. They saw the beauty of the Lord. You know, it's true. And so David, naturally, there was ascension. And so, Holy Ghost, you guys doing Okay. Okay, all right. Now, this affection and desire for God, for God actually creates that gravitational pull. And we're talking before about idolatry has the power to diminish the greatest force in the universe. Mind-blowing, freedom of choice. We can magnify the most ridiculous things. Sport. Sports. Sport is amazing, but outside of God, it's flipping ridiculous. You know, your Winter Olympics. I can't see any curling going on. Just looks like Cinderella sweeping on amphetamines. Just the things we, we, we make idols of. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> we even call them idols. There was a show, Australian Idol. Oh, hail Guy Sebastian. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is what it is. So we have the power to, 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 to diminish the love of God and heaven's gravitational pull. And so uh, we can choke that out. That's it, we have the power to create. And so we think about love and love is everything, everything, everything every word I say will actually go through a filter, whoever he, hears the word or, or whatever I'm, story I'm telling. It goes through a filter of association, past experience and perception. 
So, so, so people go, love, yeah, mm-hmm, a sentiment, a feeling. What happens, it's still quite abstract. People have been through abuse. People have had poor marriages. People have had uh, difficult childhoods. And you hear the word love and you go, oh, yeah, love, yeah, cool, cool, but I need breakthrough. You can, and, and breakthrough is concrete because it's a felt need, but love is still, yeah, mm-hmm, I know, yeah, the love of God, amen, that's good theology. Remember, theology is worth nothing unless it's in your heart. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I remember one of the most outstanding uh, testimonies I've heard, Charles Finney. And he was a brilliant, brilliant lawyer. And there's so much of the, uh, uh, the source text was the Bible. And he goes, why don't I just start reading the Bible? And he had a radical conversion. And then I think, I wasn't sure if he went out into the woods and encountered the Lord or when he came back from the woods. But he literally was crying out as, I think he called it bellows and bellows and waves and waves of the love of God was coming upon him. He thought he was gonna die. He thought he was gonna die from the love of God. He hit a gusher. He hit a gusher. And you know what? That guy would go into cities and the whole atmosphere would change. He could, the paragon could manifest just by him looking at them. I tell you what, in this season where God is renewing people's sense of revival, it's going to be through the love of God. Can someone say amen? Because it's a fire. You know, when you see Jesus' eyes of fire, it's not because He wants to burn things. It's His love, it's His passion for you. His eyes were like fire. Looks right deep into your soul. And so that gravitational force, and so we've been talking about ascension and we're talking about uh, tapping into the greatest gravitational pull. What we're gonna do, we're gonna read, we're gonna read just a little block of Scripture just as we're starting to land the plane, right? Little block of Scripture that actually maps dimensionally the realm of ascension. Are you ready? This one is outstanding because it actually talks about the cause, the effect and the result. It's amazing. So this is, this, is, this is ascension. Can we put it up? Ephesians. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. Here we go. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, here's the dimension, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Here's the result. Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To Him be glory in the church by, by Christ Jesus to all, genera- to all generations forever and ever. So we have here that dimension of ascension and really it is the love of God. Now, uh, Daryl, keyboards, can you come and play some pads if you're around the place? Thanks, just pads, not, not piano. Um, Holy Ghost, maybe the key of A, key of A would be good. I wish my brother George was here. Okay, (laughs) dated again. So, all right. 
we're talking about we're talking about that gravitational force about the love of God. You know, here, <laughs> I've, I've, now, now I'm, not, I'm not offering my services, so just make that very clear. But I've been to many funerals. <laughs> no, 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 no. And you know, what happens is this, what happens is this, is that, you know, we understand that when people are alive, we're maybe not as, say as nice things as when they're alive than when they get promoted into glory. We start to eulogise and canonise, etc. I understand that we've all been to those. My dad was reading me to once a part of a eulogy, uh, I think from England, and uh, they were talking about so and so and so and so, and he goes, his good qualities were well hidden. <laughs> and <laughs> there's one scripture that I've that I've been to, but, and it doesn't matter. Someone has to be in the faith. They have to be in the faith, okay? It doesn't matter how they've lived necessarily. This gets me every time. Holy Ghost, whoa. It says, precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of His saints. And you're going, but so-and-so struggled. No, 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 that's not what it is. It's this, is they actually shed off that tent, that physical body, and unhindered, they were able to step into the gravitational pull of the love of the Father. But we can have that now. We can have that now. We don't have to wait till we die. It says, for, the, it says, for hope does not disappoint, for the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. So precious in His sight, in His eyes, is the death of His saints. Every time someone in the Lord dies, they are unhindered, free from idolatry, being reunited to the centre of the multiverse. That is the love of God. And that is the key to ascension, is the love of God. And David cultivated intimacy. And he said that this one thing that I may seek to inquire of the Lord of the days of my life, to, to, to behold, to see the beauty of the Lord. And that's ascension. And we worry about all these things. What do you mean all these things? All these things, all these things. Okay, let me qualify it. Don't put the Scripture up, we're about to land it. It says in Matthew, but seek first the Kingdom of Heaven and His righteousness and all these things will be added. It gets added in the dimension of ascension. And ascension happens by being free from idols and aligning ourselves to the already gravitational pull of the love of God. Who, who's finding this as bearing witness to their spirit? Come on. Because it's, it's straight shooting, but it is what it is. At the moment, there is so much fear being peddled. These news networks, are owned by entities that are not for the people consuming them. They are peddling lies. So we start to get a gravitational force like, what's gonna, like this. And the lies out there start to create things. Remember Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. And so we have the privilege now in the Holy Ghost of living an ascended life by being free from these things.
free from these things. You don't have to make yourself a saint, but we can choose to not be tethered to the weights and the gravitational force of the cares and the idols of the world. Little kids see Jesus all the time. They don't try and ascend. They're, they're living in purity. They, they believe that they're, they're, they don't, don't despise one of these little ones. Do you not know that their angel is actually beholding the Father? Who wants to walk in that purity? Seriously, because ascension is the outworking. You can teach on ascension and get all fancy and cutesy, but the gravitational force of the love of God. Get out your communions if you can. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. So it says, it says, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has already been shed, in our, shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Do you know the love of God is already on the inside of you? Did you know that? But wanting to choke it out is fear. Idols, all the above. I don't usually use the words plethora, or plethora, but there's just way too, it's called culture, fallen culture. I'm just gonna pray for you guys and then we'll have our communion. Holy Spirit, I thank You. I thank You that the love of God has already been shed abroad on the inside of us. I thank You, Lord, the greatest gravitational force in the multiverse is the love of God. I thank You, Lord, we do not have to wait till we die to be free from idols, from fear. We can actually choose to look to You now and receive Your love. We thank You, Lord, that there is a place where it says these blessings will overtake you. They will hunt you down. There'll be too many to count or know. So Lord, we thank You right now. Communion represents the manifest love of God in His provision. So I just thank You right now. Holy Ghost today, as people go their way, I just thank You, Lord, that people will be aware of the love of God and the fire of your love. Bless this community to our body in Jesus' Name, Amen.